0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Key Ministry Podcast. I'm Katherine Boyle, and I'm recording this in February 2023. Over the next couple of months, we will be introducing you to several individuals scheduled to speak at our annual conference, Disability in the Church 2023, or DATC 2023 for short, taking place the last weekend of April 2023 in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Doc Hunsley, founder and executive director of SOAR Special Needs Ministry. Doc has a wealth of expertise in all facets of disability ministry and will be teaching a ministry intensive on Thursday, April 27th as an optional add-on to the DATC 2023 conference. Stay tuned for my conversation with Doc and be sure to listen after the interview for how you can register for his ministry intensive. Now, here's my conversation with Doc Hunsley. All right, well, thanks so much for joining me today on the Key Ministry Podcast. I'm Catherine Boyle, and today I'm excited because I have a special guest here to talk about his ministry that he founded many years ago, and also talk about how you have an opportunity to meet with him and, and learn from him as part of our Disability in the Church 2023 conference. So, Doc Hunsley, welcome to the podcast today. Um, I know that the listeners are going to want to learn a little bit more about what you do at Source Special Needs and hear how you're going to be part of Disability in the Church 2023.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's my honor to be here with you and I'm very excited to to be part of the the upcoming conference and, and encourage everyone that that's listening or <clears throat> reading to to make sure they sign up because it's going to be phenomenal. Whether they uh, have been in ministry for a long time or they're just starting ministry, uh, we'll have something for everybody, and they need to come out and and be a part of this. That they won't be disappointed at all. I promise them.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean there's nothing like going to a conference with whether you've been to one before or you've been to many, it, there's just nothing like being there with a bunch of people that really get the same passion that you have and and learning from, you know, what other people are doing. It's it's uh, there's really, you know, nothing that compares to it. So Absolutely. So I don't want to assume that anybody who's listening knows anything about key ministry or about your ministry. So tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, a little about your background and a little bit about Source Special Needs, this ministry that you lead. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> yeah so happy to. Uh, again, I'm Doc Hensley. Uh Obviously, Doc's not my real name. Uh, Stephen's my real name. Uh, Doc is a nickname because I'm actually a pediatrician. I was a pediatrician who worked in the emergency room, got sick from taking care of my patients, almost died, should have died, taking care of them, uh, and was forced out on long-term disability. The hospital determined that I became a medical legal risk to the hospital and that I could get sick and die and that my family could sue the hospital. And so they then made the determination that uh, I could never practice medicine again. And therefore, literally in a blink of an eye, they put me on long-term disability and said I could never practice again. Mm. which was devastating for me that's all i ever wanted to do since i was a first grader was be a pediatrician and i was actually in my dream job for 26 days when i got sick Mm. i actually spent 46 days in the intensive care unit so i spent more time in the hospital than i did in my dream job Mm. and uh went, went through all that and was in the hospital two different times second time uh shortly after that hospitalization my second son was born I'm blessed now with three kids, uh, two boys and a girl. Uh, But my second son was born, Mark, uh, who we affectionately refer to as Bubba. He is truly my mini-me and uh, took a week off paternity leave to be with him. And it was my first day back to work when they informed me that I could no longer practice medicine. So I took the hardest job in my life at that point and became Mr. Mom, taking care of my two boys. And then when Mark was eight months old, he had his first seizure. It lasted over four hours. Mm. And uh, fast forward, by the time he was 18 months, we got the diagnosis of Dravet syndrome, a very rare genetic seizure disorder. And by the time he was two, got the diagnosis of autism. So my wife's also a pediatrician. So we went from being physicians who take care of a lot of kids with special needs to all of a sudden becoming a parent of a child with special needs. Which is
0: not exactly the same perspective, is it?
1: Not at all. Not at all. And it, it was the first time in our life that our eyes were open. We saw the stress. You know, it's 24-7, 365. You know, Catherine, I can't tell you the number of times I've been in public now where I've had complete strangers tell me I'm not just a bad parent, but I'm a horrible parent mm. because my child's having an autistic meltdown or he's harming himself and I'm trying to protect him. And mm-hmm. I have police officers or or I have uh, police officers come up and threaten to arrest me or threaten to tase me because they think I'm endangering my son. Mm. Well, that's everyday life for all of our, our families that we right. work with. And, right. and so that was just incredibly eye-opening for me. A few years after uh, he was born, uh, the church we were attending, God opened the doors and God made it very clear that I should become their children's pastor. Um, I'm like, God, I'm just, I'm a doctor. I never did seminary. And, but God said, you're doing this. And so I was obedient yeah. and did that.
2: Yeah, Grew
1: a children's ministry from about a hundred kids to a thousand kids over several year period of time, about four years. But about a year into it, I went to a senior pastor and said, Hey, I got my son. We've got a couple other kids in the ministry. I want to start a special needs ministry so that we can welcome these families and do something right for them. And his immediate response to me was, no, I don't want those kind of families here. And so that was my first eye opener that the majority of churches in the United States don't welcome families with disabilities mm-hmm. and, and not just don't, they don't want them. They don't welcome. They don't want them. They'll mm-hmm. do anything possible not to have them. And so yeah, it, that makes we, us,
0: it makes us all uncomfortable, doesn't it? Or it, it can does. for sure.
1: And, and if you don't understand something our, our need and get reaction is just to send them away and just kick mm-hmm. them away. Mm-hmm. And that's not, it's not biblical. That's no, not not hundred
0: percent. The opposite.
1: And and so, you know, I had a lot of problems with that uh, several months, if not a year and a half, two years later, he called me back in the office because there were three adults with disabilities who were very vocal during his our worship service. And he called me in and said, get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I didn't argue with him. And I said, I'm happy to. And so instead, I created an adult Sunday school class for adults with disabilities. And I created a respite program for us. And that started to grow. And then it was shortly after that, which was now 12 years ago, that my son, Mark, was cured of everything that he had when he was born into heaven at the age of five and a half. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we went through five and a half years of learning all the highs and lows of being a parent of a child with special needs. And then walked through the grief of losing the child Mm -hmm. and seven weeks, six, seven weeks after he passed away, my intestine exploded on me. I once again, almost died again. And God had his hand on me once again through all this. And during that time of my recovery and the grief with Mark, God made it clear for us to it was time to go to a new church and and leave my position, which was heartbreaking because I loved being a children's pastor. But we were obedient, followed God, and he led us to the church we are at today, and that's Grace Church. I met with the children's pastor and told him, I, I, in order for me to heal emotionally, physically, spiritually, I need to serve others, mm-hmm. get my eyes off myself and on others. And, mm-hmm. and so shortly after that, I got a phone call from him and the senior pastor, Tim Howey, and they said, you know what, doc, we kind of stocked you socially. We know who you are. We've heard all about you. We want to have a world-class children's ministry, but in order to do that, we need to have a special needs ministry. And mm-hmm. uh, would you start that for us? So that's how SOAR started. I became their disability pastor Did that completely as a volunteer, was on staff for eight years, grew a ministry from three individuals to over 800 over eight years, grew a volunteer base from 20 to over 2,500. Um, And then they saw what we were doing and launched us as an independent nonprofit three years ago. Mm -hmm. So SOAR Special Needs, SOAR stands for Special Opportunities, Abilities, and Relationships. And SOAR exists to transform the lives of special families, and we empower them to SOAR in their local and faith communities. And we help answer the three main questions that every family with an individual with disability has. First question is, will my child ever be able to provide for themselves? Second question is, who's going to take care of my child once I'm gone? And the third question is, who's going to take care of me as a parent or a caregiver? And those were the three questions that kept myself up at night, found out after my son passed away. They were my wife's questions. Mm -hmm. And then now every parent we talk to, those are pretty much their questions. Mm -hmm. And so we answer that with our current and future programming. And one of the big things that we do with that is we firmly believe every family with an individual with disabilities should be able to go to a place of faith of their choosing. Amen. And so we're passionate about training churches on how to welcome families with disabilities, whether it's creating brand new ministry or taking their ministry they already have to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a goal with SOAR that we're going to train up at least a thousand churches in the next five years. To date, we've now trained up over 500 churches throughout the United States and 12 countries around the world. Um, and so this is an area that uh, a little redheaded Henri boy broke my <laughs> heart for individuals and families with disabilities and then opened my eyes to the this huge need for the Big C Church to come and welcome families and opened my eyes to see that Jesus commands us to do it, not once, but twice in Luke 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just trying to help churches live out the biblical mandate that that Jesus set out for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so um, thank you for that, because you guys have done a lot. You have personally been through an awful lot, but like only God can do, you know he can romans eight twenty eight those kind of challenges to Absolutely. turn them into something if we will let him. And so you know the fruit of that now is all these years later, sore special needs ministry. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know there's an awful lot you can learn from Doc, no matter what your church has done or has thought about doing or has not done when talking about disability ministry. So um, So I I just really hope that you will connect with Doc, um, preferably at the conference at the end of April in Cleveland. But um, I've got some other questions here to talk with you about, Doc, um, because I I know not everybody can come to the conference. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really, as I was thinking through, you know, what are we going to talk about? Um, I thought it might be helpful to just focus on maybe one or two areas where ministry leaders can make a meaningful difference, even in this year, I mean, it, and it you know it doesn't have to be like the giant program and the huge church that has 25 staff members and can accommodate a thousand people. But you know, what are a couple of things that you see that you know ministry leaders can do, um, and, and pr- primarily or maybe in particular for. Um, those families in the local community who may not be part of your church. And, yeah. you know, if, you, if, you, if you think that you don't have any families in community, well, as you just talked about having your eyes opened, you, know, you just need to open your eyes because I promise there are families with disabilities living around, You know, in, in every urban and suburban area, there are many families with disabilities near your church who are not part of your church. So yeah, what are a couple of things churches can do?
1: Right. So, yeah, first, I want to address that last point you brought up, because so many churches uh, think, oh, we don't have anyone with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Well, here's one of my favorite brand new statistics out there that is truly mind blowing. Do you know what the largest minority group is in the United States today? It's individuals with disabilities or special needs. Mm, They make up 26 percent of the U.S. population. Mm-hmm. So a quarter of the population are individuals with special needs and disabilities. They're, that's one out right. of every four. And, and they're
0: hugely unchurched as well.
1: Massively unchurched. Um, you know, it's estimated 90% do not go to church at all. So mm-hmm. the largest unmet people group are are in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. they are families with disabilities that don't go anywhere. Right. And there's three reasons they won't go to church. One, they're afraid the church isn't trained to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Well, they're largely right, because also the overwhelming majority of churches don't welcome the families, and they don't know how to take care of them. Two, they're afraid their child's going to be a burden, so they don't want to be a burden to the church. And then the right. third one that breaks my heart, they they have been asked to leave the church too many times before and can't bear to be asked to leave again, mm-hmm. so they don't go. Right. But the question I ask every every church and ask them to look at, if if the population, look at the school district around the church that you're at and see what percentage of the school district is classified as having special needs or disabilities, whatever mm-hmm. they term it for that school district. If that doesn't match your church population, you have to ask yourself, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Because that right there is telling you they're in your community. Right. So we need to welcome them. Right. And they're not going to come just because you hang out a placard saying "Oh, <laughs> right. we do your special needs ministry or disability ministry. They're not going to take your word for that, but they're going to take it from other families. So we start by serving the families you already have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there for every one individual we see with a disability. It's estimated to have there. There's another four individuals who have what we call hidden disabilities that right. you don't even recognize they have it, whether it might be mental health or, you know, intellectual disability, whatever it might be, you don't know just by looking at them. My son was one of those with a hidden disability. It wasn't until you spent time with him that you realized, oh, he's nonverbal. Oh, he won't look at you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you see the seizures and go, oh, okay. Um, But that's why we always got ridiculed in public because everyone expected that, oh, it's bad parenting because he looks like a neurotypical child. So it's starting with what you have, welcoming those families, helping them get engaged. And the important thing to remember is when you're serving with a family, an individual with special needs or disabilities in the church, you're not serving just that individual. You serve that entire family. Right. And it's the only ministry that really needs to go throughout the entire church. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to think about that through every aspect of the church. Even the worship pastor, you know, how many times does the worship pastor come out and say, you know, would you please stand and join us in worship? Right. What if you have someone who's in a wheelchair or, you know, an elderly person who just had a hip replacement or a knee replacement and they can't stand, you know? Yeah. It might be better if we say, if you're able, would you please join us? Personally, I don't even like that. Mm -hmm. Why don't we get to what we really want? Hey, would you please join us in worship from your heart? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. allows everything. You Excellent. know what? It also allows Johnny, who might be a teenager who loves the drums and he wants to run up and beat on the stage with the drums. That's his form of worship. Right. And so instead of having the entire church condone him and go, oh, that's so horrible, we can then say, Oh, the worshipers has can go, oh, look at Johnny. Johnny, I love how you're worshiping Jesus today. Mm-hmm. Because that's mm-hmm. what he's doing. So we need to learn how we can welcome who we already have incorporate them into every aspect of our church and help that DNA go amongst everyone and become a true inclusive church that no matter who walks in or rolls into our church building, they are treated just as anyone else. Mm -hmm. We expect the same things out of them. Uh, We expect them to be volunteers. We expect them to give. We expect everything from them Um, and no difference. But we have to be ready and we have to be willing to to meet them with where they're at. And that might mean putting extra things there. And it's okay if you don't know anything about their diagnosis. It's okay if you right. don't understand autism, right. Here's the thing I always say. and I'm a again, I'm a pediatrician. I have yet met to meet a parent who's received a brand new diagnosis for a child who at the same time was given an instruction manual on how to deal with that diagnosis. Right,
0: yeah, it they don't
1: exist. <laughs> you know, I always say I've got one requirement to work with an individual with special needs or disability. It's a simple question. Can you be a friend? Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you can be a friend, that's all it takes. These individuals just need a friend and you can learn everything else through training. That's one of the things Source specializes in is coming by churches and train you on how to welcome them. But Mm -hmm. just be a friend, be willing to give of yourself. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I'd say to start and welcome them. And then as the parents that you already have, they'll then tell their friends who have children with special needs, and then they'll come. That's how you start getting them in. Or we can also do some events that can reach your community as well. But start with what you already have in your church and don't stick your head in the sand thinking, oh, we don't have anyone. Most likely you do. The parents don't want to tell you that they're there That's right. because That's they're right. afraid that you're going to tell them they're not welcome anymore. Right. And so just let them know that they're they're loved. And because we have, bottom line, we have to realize the church is, has to be a place of refuge where their child is loved on and taught the love of Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the bottom
1: line for the church. It's a place Absolutely. of refuge. It's yeah. not a place of judgment. Yes. That's the last thing the church needs to be. But all too frequently, when it comes to disabilities, the church becomes a place of judgment. And we've got to remove that and bring in it becoming a place of refuge and welcoming. Because bottom line, everyone is creating the image and likeness of God. That's right. And, and fearfully and wonderfully made. And if we truly want to be more like Jesus, well, look, let's look at Jesus. When he was here on earth, 75% of his recorded miracles. We're done on individuals with disabilities and special needs. Mm -hmm. He healed the lame. He healed the blind, the deaf. You know, he spent a lot of time with them. He spent his time with children all the time. If Jesus really was the very first disability pastor. Right. So, If we want to be more like Jesus, we're going to welcome them into our community and serve them and, and show them his love.
0: And none of those things that you talked about really involved much of a price tag at all. Zero. Yeah, that, that can be um, thought of as a big barrier but it, it's really not it's much more of a an approach and a, and a mindset. Uh, it's really a change in perspective versus anything that um, requires uh, a new building or new staff people or, or much of a budget so
1: absolutely and so always and yeah I was ahead. gonna say and, and it's also not a big liability issue yep. that's always another right. big concern. You know, you don't have to, I, I did huge camps. I did big respite events and we never had to add a dime of liability coverage. Mm-hmm. It's no different than your church already doing a vacation Bible school or anything else. You're already covered.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. so it, if the insurance company can view individuals with disabilities, just like everyone else, why can't the church, the view church them too. as yeah. everybody yeah. else? Yeah, We are yeah. messed up. We've got to get back and look at everyone the way Christ looks at them.
0: So if you could rewind time and go back to when you were just getting started in disability ministry, what's maybe one thing that would have helped you, you know, maybe shorten the path from, you know, struggling through an issue to, you know, finally conquering that and and getting on to, you know, really understanding, you know, a particular issue or struggle or being able to minister more effectively, you know, what's that one thing that you think could really encourage somebody just getting started in disability ministry today?
1: Yeah, um, I'm actually going to cheat. I'm going to give you two because they're hand in hand okay. with each other. Um, and and I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but there's a myth that's out there. And I bought into that myth when I was first starting and I was I was concerned about it and and too much concerned that I was not able to do ministry the right way at the beginning. And that myth is if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. If you build it, they will come. If you hang the placard disability ministry, everyone's going to start coming. Well, I then learned shame on me. I should have known better. I'm a parent. And as a parent, I know of a child with special needs. I wasn't about to take my son Mark somewhere unless I knew they could take care of him. Mm
2: -hmm, And there was
1: no way I would drop him off unless I knew for sure they'd be able to do that. And so just because a church says, oh, we've got this disability ministry, I'm not gonna take their word for it. Right? (laughs) Whose word will I take? I will take my friend who has a child with special needs who goes to your, your church and they say, oh, you ought to come visit our church. You know, they do a fabulous job with their disability. You know, they they take care of my daughter, Susie. Mm-hmm. It's great. Fantastic. You know what? They can handle her. I think they can handle my son. I'll try it out. And so it grows slowly with that. So don't be concerned that, oh, we've got to be ready for this huge thing. And sometimes we try to build this huge mass of volunteers before we get that. And so right. it, it we make it a lot harder. What I have found, it grows slow. And a lot of people go, hold up, Doc. You built it. They came. Yeah, we went from three to 800. That took eight years and mm-hmm. went slow. And then as we got bigger, it really exploded and it grew. Because we had more people sharing more. It's not because we were promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it comes down to is just taking care of who you already have.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: really focusing on them. And what I have found out in all the 500 plus churches I've worked with, God will always provide you the volunteers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He'll always provide you the volunteers.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Then, High school students, You know, no matter where they go to school, they need volunteer hours. They you do. Know,
1: they do. If,
0: so that's a huge resource that most communities have access to in some way.
1: Yep. And then the the other thing that I wish I knew at the very beginning when I taught, I'm actually going to do a talk on. Um, at the conference, so I'm not going to give it all away. But no, I'm no, no. Do don't it. give away all the goodies. <laughs> I'm going to give a quick take for it, but it's the four most important letters when it comes to volunteer recruitment, and it's I C N U, and you have to come and watch. And, and the our quick takes, you can either come to the conference, and those are also though being recorded and streamed, so you've right. got a chance to be able to see that even if you can't be there in person. So. You'll find out at the conference what ICNU means when it comes to volunteer recruitment. But that's something I wish I knew at day one, because it's made my life so much easier in recruiting volunteers. I have a 90 to 95% success rate using those four important letters.
0: That's a pretty high percentage right there, Doc. So, and and a great lead into, you know, what we started talking about Um, And that's the conference. So, Key Ministries National Disability Ministry Conference uh, called Disability in the Church 2023 or DATC 2023 is going to be the weekend of April 28th and 29th in Cleveland. But Doc is going to actually be available on Thursday, April 27th for what we're calling um, an intensive on Disability Ministry 101. So, if you are a ministry leader who either has never been involved in disability ministry, or you just really want to learn from somebody who knows his stuff. You know, Doc has worked with over 500 churches to this point. Um, he He's done a lot of different things in disability ministry, he really helped push the movement forward. So it would be a great add-on to the conference for you to be able to come that afternoon earlier and attend his presentation be able to learn from others learn from Dr. Reckley you know th- this if, if you are just getting ready to start a disability ministry this is really something that we hope that you will consider and and, and you know take advantage of this opportunity so so just to wrap up today, um, Doc, why do you want the listeners to attend Disability in the Church 2023, that last weekend of April?
1: You know, one, one of the first things why everybody should come to to this amazing conference, the first and most important one I'd say is the networking. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to meet other people like-minded and realize you're not all alone.
0: That's right. Um,
1: you know, so many times we've, can get there and feel we're the only one who's dealing with this problem. That's not true. Um, And you'll realize that there's a lot of resources. You'll realize, oh my gosh, I can pick up a phone and call Doc anytime and he can help me. Oh my gosh, I now know people at Keen Ministry and they can help me. And all the other great speakers, trust me, I'm great friends with all of them. They will all talk with you and help you. We've all got an amazing heart to help you through everything. But that's the whole thing with it. The other thing, too, let's talk about just disability ministry as a whole, why you need to be at this conference. Whether you already have a ministry or you're thinking about starting one or you don't even know if you should do it or not. Let's look again just real fast at Luke 14. Luke 14 is where we get the biblical command to welcome individuals with disabilities into the church. And it's so important that Jesus gives the command not once, but twice. That's right. But there's, there's two parts of that I want to just hit real fast. Yep. One is the very first part that gets skipped over all the time because Jesus says, go now. Hmm. Go now into the streets and bring in the lame, the blind, and give them a seat at the table, be in the church. Jesus doesn't say, go when you're ready, go when you have the money, go when you have the volunteers. He says, go now. Yep. Get them there now. Because the church needs those with disabilities as much as those with disabilities needs the church.
0: That's right. But Amen. then my
1: other favorite part that everybody misses out on, and and I'm tired of seeing churches miss out on this. The end of it, Jesus says, why do you, because he later goes and says, give them, give individuals with disabilities a seat of honor mm-hmm. at the table of the church. Let them be seen. Don't just hide them, but let them be seen. Have them be actively involved. Why he goes on and says, so that you will be blessed, so that the church will be blessed. People, You, if you are not doing this, your church is missing out on blessing. What am I talking about? I already gave a perfect example. My church went from three individuals to 800, 20 volunteers to 2,500. We went from 1,000 to 5,000, one campus to three campuses, plus an online community, that's blessing. Mm -hmm. I've got another small church that had 100 people in it. They felt God calling them to do this. They started a disability ministry. They now have a disability ministry with 25 people in it, and their church now has 150. Wow. That's blessing. It doesn't matter if you've got a small church or large. I've helped churches as small as 5, 10 people, and as large as Mm 30,000. God calls all of us to welcome families and individuals with disabilities. This conference will give you the tool belt that you need to be able to welcome them in any environment, any person. And you'll have continued networking that you'll be able to meet with people, have multiple things going on. Key Ministry has multiple things. SOAR has multiple things where you continue to meet with others and continue to get your questions and answers, uh, answers to your questions and, and built up. Because we will always have questions. We might always have that difficult individual that we don't know what to do with. That's easy. Just make a phone call, Mm -hmm. send an email. And all of a sudden you've got this entire army who will help you out. Because the last thing we ever want to do is send somebody away and say they're not welcomed.
0: That's right. That's right. It's uh, not a problem.
1: yep, Yep. This conference will help empower you to learn how you can welcome everybody.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, if if you are a young ministry leader out there listening to this or you know a young person who's looking for a direction in ministry, you know, this is kind of where the action is in my opinion in the church right now. The the world is waking up to the fact that people with disabilities exist and that um and that we have been neglecting, you know, this these you know people who not only need to know about Jesus but have ministry gifts to give the body Absolutely. of Christ as well. So um so if you're a young leader, you know, this is a great opportunity to come learn from some pioneers who have you know have kind of you know made the way forward for um for the church as a whole like doc and, and many many others who will be at the conference that last weekend of April. So Doc, thank you so much for your time today, and I do encourage you to go to the Key Ministry website, keyministry.org, and check out the tab for Disability in the Church, or DATC 2023. Um, You'll find information about Doc, his presentations, as well as all the other speakers, and opportunity for you to sign up and, and join us that last weekend in April in Cleveland, Ohio. So for the Key Ministry team, I'm Katherine Boyle. Thank you so much for joining me today and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Thank you. The Key Ministry team and Doug Hunsley would love to see you at DATC 2023 in Cleveland, April 28th through 29th. If you are a ministry leader just getting started in disability ministry, or want to get some fresh vision for the ministry you have, I encourage you to sign up for Doc's Ministry Intensive the afternoon of Thursday, April 27th, the day before DATC 2023 officially begins. Doc will also be presenting a quick take during the DATC 2023 conference schedule. To secure your spot in Doc's Ministry Intensive, Click on the orange Register Now button on the DATC 2023 page of the Key Ministry website and select Doc's Disability Ministry 101 Ministry Intensive as an add-on to your conference ticket. For the Key Ministry team, I'm Katherine Boyle. Thanks so much for listening to the Key Ministry podcast.